Welcome to the How to Code Well podcast, a show all about web development and programming. My name is Peter Fisher. I am a freelance web and mobile applications developer. Hello coders, today we're going to be talking about web development recruitment. I'm joined by Jeremy Onion, the technical director at the Torpedo Group, and he's also been doing some recruitment. Jeremy, how are you doing? Have you had a good week? Um, yeah, not too, doing too bad. Had a very good week. Busy, always busy at our place, um, and actually been interviewing today. Um, awesome. So recruitment's very fresh uh, in my mind at the moment. That is awesome. That is awesome. That's why we got you on, because we <laughs> want to pick your brains about recruitment from your side of the table. And mm -hmm. we're going to be talking about all the things that you look for and identify when it comes to CVs. We're going to talk about interviews and all of that other good stuff. But before we start, uh, I just want to say that Jeremy Onion has been on this show before. So what I would like everybody to do is just hit pause, go to the show notes, click on that link, watch that uh, video, then come back here and then press play because then you'll get a, a full background as to Jeremy Onion and his story, becoming a coder being a and then moving into management. But now you're back here, let's talk about recruitment. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it that you look out for when it comes to recruitment, when it comes to recruiting someone? What is the key fundamentals that you look out for? Um, so the, the, the two, two kind of things that I'm, I'm looking for at the various stages in the application process. So if we talk, if we look initially, um, with a CV, um, the, the key things I'm probably looking for is experience with a technology stack. Mm. Um, and that's probably more, f uh, comes more from the types of businesses people have been working in and the types of projects they've done, not just this, you know, list of skills you've got at the very beginning. Mm. Um, but also the, the, the kind of, um, the times they, you know, they've worked with companies and the sort of areas they've worked with as, as well. So, right. you know, maybe the industries education to some extent if it's if it's quite a junior role but you know as as you progress mm. you know you've done a few jobs or you've mm. done a few years on the job i think education kind of becomes a bit more secondary and it's more about the the types of work you've been doing right. um so th that's probably the the initial bit from you know from the cv and the introduction level um when you start to go through the process more i'd say it's probably more about personality attitude and things like that because um some of the technical stuff um, we'll come on to this a bit when we go through more of the mm. later process mm. but some of the technical skills um there is obviously important particularly in you know when i'm recruiting for something like a developer role or something mm. like that however you know there could be differences between the way people do certain things in certain frameworks, or they may have knowledge of one framework and not another. So those skills can either be transferred or upskilled. So that at that point, it becomes less um, uh, less important, I should say. So I, I guess from I guess from your perspective, then from sitting on your side of the table, it's a job mm -hmm. of investigating and and discovery to to discover what candidate best suits your requirements. Um, yes. And you're looking upon it from both a technical perspective. So are they technically competent to a, to a level mm -hmm. that you, you're after? But also, as you said, that they, they have a personality that matches your, your, your needs of the team. Mm -hmm. Um, so let's, let's, let's take a step back and go through the actual process. So 
if someone was to say you're recruiting right now, right? So if someone was to go on your job advert and then send their CV to you, Mm -hmm. is that how it works? Yeah, yeah. If you if you come and direct, then we we have adverts on various boards as well as on the site. So yeah, send in a CV and preferably some sort of cover letter, cover letter as well. Okay. And what 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 is it the thing? What what are the things that you look out for um, on the CV and the cover letter? Are there any kind of real points that grab you when you when you assess those those documents? Yeah, definitely. So, um, having a cover letter is, um, it, it's not necessity, but it, it will sort of help raise your profile with the application. It shows that you've actually taken the time to, to think about what you're doing. Normally, it'll give you some sort of background as to why you're applying for the job, which you don't get from the CV okay. and what it is about this role that piqued your interest, basically, because you know, we're offering, you know, a role to someone, but, you know, we, we need to understand, you know, where, you know, as early as we can, what it is that they're offering to us and why it is that they're picking us as someone to go and work for, okay. because it's not a given you're no. going to want to come and work for us. You know, you, you could have a, an idea of, you know, I want to work for this type of business, that type of business. Mm. So, you know, what is it about us that interests you enough to, you know, send in your CV mm-hmm. and uh, say that you, that you want to come and work for us. Um, from the CV type of thing, this this is kind of your initial, uh, your opener, your opening gambit um, to us. So um, there, like I said, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, what, what sort of technical competencies are you working with, the types of technology you use, um, the skills area that most people have on their CVs are useful yeah, um, yeah. to some extent. Um, but again, it, it, a lot of that should be within the the your um, um, employment history, and for me, I tend to focus a bit more on that and understanding. You know, what sort of roles have they been doing? Mm. Where have they mm. been working? What mm. sort of skills have they picked up there? Mm. And um, and things like that. The personal statement is also can be quite useful because it will give you a, a a flavor of how the candidate views themselves. So okay. what they think their strengths are and how they think that that they do as well. Oh, okay, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, so. That- that's that's them sort of assessing themselves and reviewing yep. themselves over i mean what what is the format of a personal statement is it a series of bullet points or is it is it a paragraph what, what's the it, it varies. It varies um, very much. Um, some people have um, just a short uh, bit of spiel about themselves. Mm. It kind of explains I'm a, you know. So for me, it probably something along the along the lines of, um, you know, I'm a technical director. I've got 20 years of experience in uh, development, mm. and I've worked in X, Y, Z industries for these types of companies. Mm. I'm seeking a role that will allow me to whatever. Okay. So just just a very short summary that it kind of sums up mm. what your proposition for me is you know what what it is that you've got that you can bring to the table that makes you someone that i should sit up and take notice about so you it's know, a, it's that, a, that's the sort of thing that you want to try and get there if you want to do it with bullet points that that's absolutely fine but okay. i think with a lot of things a narrative actually works better you, okay. you tell a story you you give a you know this is you know this is where i am this is who i am this is what i can offer mm. you know you know make it a bit interesting I see. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But certainly not a novel or anything like, you know, a huge, no, no, a huge no. book of, of your life. It's not. <laughs> no, no, you, you need to keep it short and snappy. Uh, one good uh, technique for that is, um, it's good for technical writing anyway, mm. is if you assign $100 to each word, 
and then imagine you actually have to spend a hundred dollars for each word that you you put on there you, it's amazing how quickly wow. you can cut that down to less words and Gosh. still get the same same meaning across i should do that with my social media advertising yeah <laughs> <laughs> awesome okay yeah. yeah wow um okay so so you've got your personal statement you got your cover letter yep. Let's focus on the CV because I know that that is something that I get quizzed about a lot about, you know, <laughs> how do I format my CV? What should I include? What shouldn't I include? Um, should I add images? What format should it be in? You know, the crazy <laughs> questions that I've had, you know, the, 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 I, and I've seen CVs that are like works of art as in yes. you could hang them on a wall because they look so good that, but they don't actually explain the person. <laughs> Yes, most definitely. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So let's, let's break that down. So with a CV, what should you include? What are the top like priority things that you need to include in a CV? Okay. So I would say the, the two key things that you need to get across with your CV is your, your skill set mm. um, and your employment history. Um, and one, one thing I see a lot on CVs that I really don't understand is people will put in their employment history and give very little detail as to what they did in those jobs. So they'll mention a firm. So they might say, I worked for Joe Bloggs Marketing mm, down the road. Mm, mm. Great. What did you do there? And it'll just be work with WordPress or, you know, work with a CMS system. Mm. That really doesn't give me anything to go on as to, you know, what where your skill set lies, what you're actually doing, what your experience is from working there. Right. Whereas if you said um, you know, we used to work with this type of industry and we did sites for, you don't even necessarily name, need to name clients. Uh, you know, I work in an agency. There's a lot of NDA. Sometimes you're just not allowed to say who it, who it is, yeah. but you can, you can name the industry. Yeah. You can, yeah. you can talk about the type of project that it was. It was yeah. a portal. It was a landing page, you know, g give, give some information about the sort of things you've achieved while you're doing, uh, while you've been doing that. Um, don't bother with jobs that are that are completely outside the you know the remit of the, the either the type of job you're going for or you know the the industry you're in. So, for example, I used to collect glasses in a pub when I was in college. Nobody needs to know about that. Nobody wants to know about yeah, that anymore. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I did, you know, I was, um, when I first started, I was an IT assistant. Mm. Nobody really needs to know about that anymore. I, I leave the actual job on there uh, so that it shows, you know, this is when my employment started and this is my progression. But I don't bother with any of the, you know, the things I did on there anymore because that's not relevant to the roles I'm going for now or the type of work I do now. Well, I, I, so, yeah, yeah. I guess from like, from, from that level, you, you, there is a cutoff point, isn't there? Where you just, yeah, you, you, you list it so they are aware that you've done it, but you don't go into mm -hmm. any detail as to, no. you know, what you were doing on as a typical day to day. No, no. Yeah. But particularly as, as a hiring manager, my time is limited. You know, I may have, you know, 20 cal candidates to, you know, shortlist through the CVs. So I just want to know about the stuff that's relevant to, the role I'm advertising and yeah. the role you're going for, not stuff that, you know, not, not the fluff that you did before. We can cover that off at later stages if necessary. Mm. So unless I there's, there's a, there's something you've done that you think is either transferable or actually brings something extra to the role you're going for. Right. Uh, maybe that you, you were working in a completely different industry, but there was an experience you had there mm. that might lend itself to what you're doing, in which case, yeah, include it, mm. but try and tailor your CV to the role you're going for as well. Okay. Right. So, okay. So if I was to, is that, is that, so, so you shouldn't carpet bomb companies with 
CVs left, right, and center that are all the same? I I would say probably not. I I prefer to read about stuff that's relevant to to to, to, to the to role I'm offering. Yeah. So if you've been you know if you're going for a, a developer role, you've done some digital marketing, you've done some pay per click campaigns, and you've run things like that. Mm. I don't need to know about that. Okay. Uh, the fact that you've just got a generic listed everything on to, to me as a hiring manager means that you, you're, you are literally like you copy, copy bomb, you, you're spray yeah. and pray. Yeah, you're not yeah, yeah. actually invested in the role that I'm offering. So I, you know, why would I need to feel invested in trying to get you through the process when there might be someone else who's, who's got a CV and a really nice cover letter that's tailored really well even if it's just tailored to the industry, it might not be tailored to me, but they might be going for agency work anyway. And therefore they're, they're you know, it shows an effort on the part of the candidate. Yeah, I totally get that. I totally get that. Yeah. It's, 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 um, I do feel though that, um, uh, it, it can be, it's a slightly different game when you're just coming into the industry. So you've never done web development before, or you've done web I development, agree. but you, you just getting yeah. into the industry because yeah. that is more, you know, I'm, I don't want to, this, this is going to sound awful, but it, it, I think that there is a more of a numbers game into the sense of the more, the more exposure you have to companies, the better, but that does put an awful lot of overhead on if you're tailoring everything, creating everything to those, to those yeah. companies. However, when you're saying that though, on the other hand, when you, you when you are, you are at a level, yeah. you, you, you're more choosy as to yeah. who you're going for. Well, what I would say to that is that when you are first starting out, there isn't a lot of experience you've got. So therefore, you do need to put these extra things in to fill up a bit. So you're not going to have you know, five five <laughs> or six companies where you, you're worrying about what's on there. Yeah, yeah. It's, you, you know, there, there is where you really need to start thinking cleverly about, yeah. right, I haven't got a lot of experience in mm-hmm. web development necessary. What can I show that, you know, shows that I've got you know, relevant skills that I can bring to this. And it may be, well, I used to work in a, in a shop um, where I was dealing with complaints a lot. So I'm used to dealing with people, understanding what they need and finding ways to resolve. I've got problem solving skills. I've got, you know, mm. the communication skills. Got a lot of things that you that aren't necessarily web development specific, but they show you've, you've actually got something to bring to the table yourself. So, yep. you know, it, yep. it's about being inventive and you know, a bit clever about that. Yep. And, but I agree, if, if, you've, if, you're, if you're just starting out, you've not got a lot on the CV, you do need to pad it out with information that may be useful. Mm. But, you know, at the other end of the scale, like you said, when you, you know, when you're getting to a point where you're picking and choosing, although you probably find at that point, you're not looking for jobs, they're actually looking for you. Um, but yeah, there you, you, you have got the opportunity to tailor things a lot more. Mm. But I think doing a, a basic cover letter, just saying something about, I saw your advert in X, um, I've, I've looked at your company, I find it really interesting, you, you know, you work with or you do this, do that. I'd really be interested in, you know, applying for a position. Something like that should only take you about 10, 15 minutes to do, but it will mm. up your chances mm. quite significantly because mm. it really does show that you've taken an interest in the mm. role. Mm. And so from my point of view, mm. I'm more likely to then spend a bit more time looking at the CV mm. and working out the fit than if it's just a blanket, a mm. standard generic, mm. you know, two-pager that really doesn't tell me much. <laughs> 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I totally get that. I totally get that. I, I get. I guess um, it's it's all about being invested in the company that you're trying to go for, right? It's it's yeah. It's um, it, it's it's showing it's showing some um uh, yeah it's it's showing that you're showing some interest effectively. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's just showing that you know I'm not just sending you you know a a CV that I should give to everybody. Mm. I'm actually taking a little bit of time just yeah. to give you a, you know just to give it a little bit extra yep. for a little bit of extra attention mm. because. That's the sort of thing that a hiring manager will also look at is, well, he's gone the extra mile there, you know. So, therefore, when we got work on, he'll go the extra mile for that because uh, he's that type of person or um, she's that type of person. Yeah. I don't mean to yeah, g- generalize on the gender there. So, um, I, 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 is it those things that, that really stand out? And, and, and um, so I'd say they help. They help. They, help. they definitely they help. help. They yeah. Help. Um, yeah. Okay, let's 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 flip it around the other other way. Is there anything that you you uh, look at on a CV and then just go, nope, that's not happening. That is just not happening <laughs> here. Um, is there um, anything you just dismiss? Yeah. Poor spelling. Okay, most definitely. I looked at one recently where someone has misspelled developer. Mm. Yes. So um, yeah, I, I, I didn't bother reading much more of that one, um, and. Things where there are obvious gaps or holes or something doesn't add up. So I've had um, a CV in the past, someone applying for a PHP developer or web developer role. PHP was one of the essential skills that mm. we had on, on the advert. Um, there was no mention of PHP on their CV at all. Oh. And it's sort of like, yeah, if, if you're a junior just coming into the industry mm. and, you know, you mm. can explain it by, you know, I've got the HTML, I've got the CSS, you know, I, I want to learn the next step that's fair enough but this was a normal php web developer role where php was an essential on there including oops and, and things like that yeah, yeah, yeah. no mention of it and i'm thinking you're right you either didn't read the advert properly right. or you're just carpet bombing so yeah. again that you discount that straight away wow yeah gosh they are yeah. they're big i mean I, I i'm rubbish at spelling absolutely rubbish <laughs> at spelling as you've probably seen my tweets and all sorts of stuff where i'm having <laughs> to then delete the tweet and then upload the tweet and then i've realized that it's been seen by so many people yep. I, I i've got to the stage now where i just sort of at some point i'll just leave them comedy in fairness there's there's um you know that paperclip in word, word, if you use if you're a word user, it it does know how to spell. It does, and, it does. And this is the thing: if, if if it's tweets or if it's an email or something like that, you you can forgive okay, the occasional misspelling. But when it's something as important as a CV, if they're not showing care and attention to mm. you know mm. their how they're advertising themselves, because mm. that's what you're doing with a CV, you are literally marketing yourselves. Definitely. If you haven't got Definitely. attention to detail there, how does that feed through into the to other things that they do? Yeah. And that's that's where a hiring manager's mind will go. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. if they do this here, what are they going to do over here? If, you know, if I employ them, mm. what's their code going to be like? That's true. Because they can't, you know, they can't uh, proofread and check their own CV. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm, I I don't want it to come across that all programmers spell like brilliantly because we don't. Um, half, half of our bugs <laughs> are because helped. of spelling errors. <laughs> yeah, well, half of mine anyway. <laughs> some comments I've read have been howlers, mate. And same with merge requests. You can get some really interesting stuff. I've I've seen a couple of times where 
people have commented code, there's a typo in there. Yeah. And then underneath they commented, I've left that in because it's just so funny. It's so funny, yeah, yeah, you get some real screamers. But there are a lot of tools out there to help you to um, to actually, you know, both check grammar and mm. to, to check mm. your your writing. And also, you know, I understand. And if, if somebody's sending in a CV mm. in a second language mm. um, and there are some slight issues with the way they've worded things mm. i that i i understand I, I haven't got a problem with that um it's particularly in, interesting when i see german ones because i do speak a bit of german so i understand a lot about how the how things are structured and you can you sometimes you read it and you think yeah they, they that's german well that's a german derived language because right, yeah. you can see why they've made the mistake they've made so right. it's not it's not always an absolute no-no if there are slight issues with the CV. It, it doesn't have to be war and peace. But if you perfectly translated, develop, if, but you, if you spell developer simple, wrong, that's uh, it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there, there are things that are just unforgivable, and that that would be one of them. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so okay. So okay. So we've talked about the CV. Um, yeah. And we've talked about the the structure of that CV. Um, mm-hmm. How how long should that CV be? Because, I mean, should it be like two pages, three pages? Do you even care how long um, it should be? I'd say probably two to three pages should be enough. If it's if it's a lot shorter, mm. then unless you are literally just out of college and looking for your first role, mm. uh, you're probably not selling yourself well enough. You've probably got more experience than you realize, and you really need to think about, okay, what else can I put in there here that might be relevant or might show transferable skills? Sure. If it's four or five pages long, you're probably including too much bump, too much you know, fluff. You're probably detailing every single role you've had and every single responsibility you had in that role. And that's probably too much. I've, Like I said, you know, as, as hiring manager, I've probably got 20 CVs to go through or I'm doing this in between meetings and things like that. So I need to have yeah, the, um, the, there's there's a reason why you always have an executive summary on the beginning of a report. It's because I need to be able to just go flick through it and understand, you know, where I think this candidate is. And it really is your initial shop window where you're marketing yourself. So I need to be wowed, you know, uh, or at least happy that this is someone worth investigating further at a a quick pass of, you know, what's on there. So education is worth putting on there. So there's some indication, um, you know, of what you've done. Although, like I said, as you know, your, your career history is the, most important thing it's nice to see about hobbies but that really doesn't worry me too much that that helps towards giving an idea of your sort of personality sure okay so you know if you if you like um playing football in long walks you know and and you know lots of sporty type things then i've i've got i can build up kind of a a mental image of the sort of thing you you might be if you're heavily into music and or you know netflix and chill what have you that that will give me some indication (laughs) of where your interests lie um and that sort of thing but um the key fundamental for me initially from the cv is always going to be what what's what's their skills what's their experience what can they bring um in terms of that side of it because the rest of the process is more about understanding who you are and you know the other things that will either get or uh, you know will either get you a position or won't get you a position with with us okay so let's okay let's 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 structure it then so imagine we have Mm -hmm. a a cv Yep. on the on the on the the top bit you want mm-hmm. like you name and all of that jazz and then do you go straight into the employment history and then go down into the education is there or is there a particular order 
I was never taught so this the, in school. The, <laughs> I was never either. Um, I've had to, you know, I had to make this up. And living in Germany, they do it completely differently as well. Okay. In Germany, you have to include a photo. Over here, never include a photo. Right. Um, because um, it's, um, in Germany, they like to see you and they like to understand who they are going to be talking to. Okay. But there is, uh, or there can be, um, uh, or some people think that it may prejudice um your cv if you actually put a photo on uh, uh, because okay. there people do and it's mm. unfortunate but people do make a snap judgment about people when they first see them mm. so you'll see someone in the street and you'll make a snap judgment about who you think that person is right. and it's the same with cv so if you include a picture if someone might make a snap judgment based on your picture it may be that you look like a cousin they didn't like when they were younger you know yeah. but that's enough for them to to you know to actually taint their view of what they're looking at it, it introduces a bias that you don't need that is um, I'm very interesting a bit of an amateur psychologist as well so right yeah, yeah. i might end up end up going off a few of these sort of tangents no worries, so no worries. so if you if it's just nice clean crisply written then you know that and that is all they, that you can be judged on initially okay. this is why spelling and grammar is important because it does give a certain perception of the sort of person you are. Okay. So that's why it's, it's worth taking the time just to make sure those are right. But the most common CV formats tend to be um, personal details at the top. Um, you'll then get a brief summary quite often of mm -hmm. the person. So this is the, you know, the, the 50 word uh, elevator pitch, you know, <laughs> of who I am and why you should hire me. Right. Um, then quite often someone, some people will put in some sort of skills section so they'll say you know what they've been working with um and they'll there's lots of different ways of displaying this some people have little slider type um things next to it to show you know i'm really good at javascript i'm quite good at php i'm absolutely terrible with continuous integration or git or something like that or they'll just list the skills or they'll put you know whether they're expert or even just the time that they've done it mm. 101 different ways to format that mm. but that that gives me a, a quick overview of the sort of technologies you've been looking for okay and then the next thing will normally be employment history most recent job at, at you know to the top because that's the bit i'm most interested in what you're doing now mm -hmm. or what have you just done if you've just come out of a contract or just ended uh, your employment with mm -hmm. whomever mm -hmm. and then um finally you'll get down to you know um to your education history and then at the bottom quite often will be a little hobbies and interests type okay. thing hmm. so you you it's it you, you've just described there a priority order of yes. of of knowledge and and yep. and, and, and how about the person you put the hobbies right at the bottom i mean yeah i've seen cvs where the hobbies are right at the top and yeah it's like yeah that, that, that's um unless you are unless you're applying for a job at a uh, a toy store or a hobby store or something like that mm. that's not quite what uh, what i'm what people are looking for unless your hobby uh, hobby happens to be contributing to open source in which case you might want to elevate that Ooh, yes but yes yes but you know but that's something but that's something good to put in your you know personal summary mm. i also contribute to xyz projects or i run project x or whatever so mm. you know because it's a good sales thing because it, it shows that you're passionate about what you do yeah 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 okay cool okay so so we've got the cv down mm -hmm. um you've got a bunch of these cvs you've you've made mm -hmm. a sort of a short list of what yep. what candidates uh, you would like to um, uh, discover further. Mm -hmm. What happens next? 
So quite often, um, it, certainly in, in terms of the process I do, I'll probably have a quick look at the LinkedIn profile okay. um, and see, you know, get a feel for, you know, are there any testimonials on there? What sort of endorsements people are giving um, people? Although being a LinkedIn user myself, I know that sometimes you have to take that with a pinch of salt. Mm. I've had people who are, you know, I don't know that well. I've never actually worked with, mm -hmm. but they're kind of part of my wider network and they've endorsed me for certain technical skills. And I'm thinking, yeah. you've no idea whether I can do that or not. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, and that's not the fault of the candidate. No. It's because the because of the way the system works. It's yeah. very easy because some people just think, oh, yeah, I know them. I'll click that because I'm sure they must be good at that because they're in my network. Yeah. So yeah. testimonials I find a really good and interesting uh, to look at and just you know quite often to see who else you know who they're connected with mm -hmm. and things like that occasionally i find that they're they're connected with people i know right. in which case i can i can always ask them you know this 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 person what did you think of them you know in in terms of an employee um just you know to just to, to see what they got feeling yes okay um on that um it's only happened a couple of times um and Luckily, it was all good things, so uh, awesome. which is good to know. Um, and then it'll be a case of me talking with the team lead for whichever team they're they're looking to go into, okay. and just just making sure that the you know what we're seeing on the CV kind of matches the kind of thing we want for the role. Now, like I said, technical skills. You know, if if we're if we're looking for Vue.js and you've got good React skills, that's fine. They're transferable. We're not, you know, you don't have to be perfect in the technology stack that we have. Mm. We wouldn't expect anybody to because we do it our way. Yeah. Every company does it slightly differently. So, mm -hmm. and 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 um, I'll, I'll come on to something that I read recently on Twitter uh, a bit later on. Um, but it, it's a case of I'll chat with my team leads if they're happy. The next step is an initial um, chat via um, something like Skype or uh, GoToMeeting, Zoom, um, Google Hangout, something along those lines so that we can start to get a feel for who this candidate actually is. Okay, right. So that's that's cool. So you, you, you have like a is, – is that is that like a pre-interview interview? Kind of, yeah. Before they come in, yeah. I, yeah. Guess, I, guess, I guess you want to – um, not waste your time and not waste their time, you know. And also not waste waste their petrol, petrol. and things like that yeah. as well, because we're um, where we are in um, the certainly the Oxford office. Mm. Um, we're just outside of Oxford. We're in um, a, a business park. It's a bit out of the way, mm. so you know it, it, it's going to take them a while to get there. There's no point in them coming to us if you know if if after the first five minutes we're going to be thinking, do you know what they're not a good fit for us or we're not a good fit for them? Because sure. um, that's that's another important thing is. You're, do, you're trying to work out both sides of the equation. Are they going to be good for us as a company? And are we going to be good for them as an employer? Right. Um, I'll, I'll come on to that uh, a bit later on as yeah. to how, because we do, that forms part of our selection process going forward. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, so this is this is the first initial chat. Um, and the, the key things we're trying to find out here is um, we'll throw in a couple of technical questions just to see if they genuinely know um about the technologies they say they've worked with. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I've, again, I've had some howlers in the past um, <laughs> with people. Um, and also we get there, you can get an initial feel for the sort of person they are and, you know, a, a bit of a, you know, a bit of a feel for their personality, mm -hmm. understand what it is they're looking for from a role. Yep. Um, yep. We make sure that they understand exactly who we are, what we do as a company as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the sort of work we do so they are under under no illusions about what they're going to be letting themselves in 
to if we take the process forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's um, it, it's that initial, you know, first meeting, it's first date almost. Um, <laughs> but we try and make it as painless as possible. So, which is why we do do it via um, video or um, some other uh, conferencing type system. Well, I guess it's really good because they are within their comfort zone, their house, yeah. their wherever they are, wherever makes yeah. them comfortable. Um, they don't have to get flustered over traffic and mm-hmm. driving and petrol, like you said, um, yeah. and then sort of discover that they're sweating and all this stuff. And yeah, I've been there. It's terrible. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, how long does this, does, do these things last for? So we schedule in half an hour for it. We tend to find that's about how they they generally tend to run for half an hour. Like I said, it is literally just an initial chat. So we'll ask a couple of questions like, you know, maybe if, if they've said they've got Vue.js experience, then um, I'll make sure I'm including one of my Vue.js um, experts and they'll ask a question about Mixins or something like that just to, you know, just just gauge their reaction. I'll ask a bit about the technologies they work with. So if, if they say they understand TDD, um, then I'm very very held back and reserved and only ask one or two questions um if they if they say they know about you know continuous integration or agile and just get a feel for the sort of things they've been doing so far as well um so that i can understand you know what sort of level if we were to go forward Mm. you know what sort of level would we bring Mm. them in at what what do they know what don't they know where would we need to work with them to improve their skills um you know um and just get a feel for you know is is this this person like to be a right fit technical and you know from a personal level as well now i'm going to be asked this question uh through probably a twitter <laughs> dm after this so so i'll i'll i'll, I'll preempt it um yep. it's it might be in completely different for other companies mm-hmm. um in in web dev uh, but f- for you at least do you mark people down if they do not wear a shirt or a suit in this um conference type meeting thing no no i if 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 they were if they were sat there hanky on you know not his hanky on head string vest welly boots on mm. sat there like that nice and uh, i'm not really paying attention i i probably would start to think yeah that's not quite right. what we're looking for but as long as as long as they're looking presentable i don't expect them to to necessarily even own a shirt and tie and suit in this day and age uh, to be perfectly honest with you mm. um I, you know, none of my devs generally, uh, generally tend to wear shirts, um, to be perfectly honest with you. I've got a whole mix of styles at, uh, at work. Um, I think as long as, as long as I feel that they're, they're presentable mm. and, you know, what have you. And like you said, the initial talk, they're probably sat at home. So you, you wouldn't, uh, you know, I wouldn't want anybody to have to put a shirt on to sit at home on the sofa with the laptop, just chatting to someone who may or may not be interested in employing them. That's too much faff as far as I'm concerned. Your mileage may vary with other uh, companies, like you mm-hmm. said, but mm-hmm. certainly from my point of view, I think if as long as you're looking presentable mm-hmm. and, you know, and you come across, you know, well-natured, then I don't think that, that that's ever going to be an issue as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That, 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 that certainly answers that. That's, uh, yeah, that's good. I know I'm going to get a quest, quest quizzed about that. Um, <laughs> the, the, the way, if, if, sorry, go on. As I was just going to say, if, if, if you are at all worried about it, then just put a shirt on, you know, but, it's it's not something that I would ever not mark someone down for as, as long as they're you know w- w- you know looking relatively smart. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, um, so we we've gone through the process of getting someone on a conference call. 
how mm-hmm. do we then progress that into getting someone into into uh, to be actually interviewed on a one to one? Is that the next step? Yeah. Okay. So if I just go through our process yeah. quickly, so that you know we can work out where we are, so I can give you the little bar at the top with a little one, two, three to show you how long the process you are. Sure. So the initial one is obviously you send in a CV, or it could be a recruiter that comes in. I think we'll talk about recruitment a bit later on because mm-hmm. there's a slightly different way that that, that sort of works. Mm-hmm. Um, we we do this initial um, hangout um, with, with them um, with a technical specialist of some sort within the field that they're applying for so that we can just gauge a bit how they're doing. Um, then there's two more steps that, that we do. The second one would be a face-to-face interview. Um, that will normally be with me and the team lead um, for the team that they're applying for. And then there would be a final stage interview, which would be with myself and one of the exec team. Because okay. um, we liked, um, they like to, you know, meet, you know, any potential new hires um, and see, you know, see what they feel and, and make sure they're happy that they are a good fit for the company as well. Um, we've got a, I think I mentioned it last time, we've got a really good team um, at Torpedo. Uh, we get on really well. Um, and you know we work very hard to make sure that we we bring in the right people mm-hmm. to make sure that we keep the the kind of atmosphere and the kind of team going that we that we need and we want. So you know they they like to give their final rubber stamp on there. <laughs> and in, in fairness, so far they've never um, turned around and said no to anybody I've presented for that stage. So that is, uh, it, it does feel sometimes more like. Uh, now, that, that doesn't do it justice. They obviously are, you know, they want to take an interest in, in what's going on. Um, but the, it is a case of they're, they're just making sure that I've not gone off the reservation with, yeah. with my choice and they're happy with it. It's, yeah. you know. I get that. I get that. And that's really good to hear because because it's it, it means that they are they themselves are invested in the process. The, the people. Oh, definitely. The, yeah. The, yeah. The execs, yeah. they're actually invested in this. Um, yeah. Which is great. Um, and and it, it becomes more of a uh, a family, I guess. You know, it's, it's sort yeah. of like you're coming on to the family, you're coming on to the team. You, you know, yeah. you're, you're one of us. Very much so. Yeah, 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 yeah. So let, let's let's talk about interviews. Um, mm-hmm. And what 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 are the things that what are the key indicators, the triggers, the things that you go, yeah, this is a really good interview. What are the things that you that that stick out to you? Okay. Um, the first, probably the first one, because it, it's it's sticking in my mind because of um, something that happened earlier in the week. Turn up, right? We've had um, we were um, we had someone that we were um, looking to do one of these hangouts with uh, re- recently or in the last week or so, and um, so we were we got on the got on the call. It was was in uh, Zoom, I think that one was. So we were in the room, ready, mm. waiting. 15 minutes have gone past, so we closed down, gone. Um, Didn't hear from the candidate for another 24 hours. Whoa, 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 Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. that's a (laughs) no-no. Exactly. So, um, ironically enough, we're not going to be taking that application forward. Um, So, so yeah, so that's the first thing. If If you're late or if there's an issue getting there, just phone up and say, you yeah. know, these things happen. I've, I've broken down a few times on my way to important things. Mm. It, you know, life sometimes or, you know, if your child might be sick and you might not be able to attend. Mm. You know, we understand, you know, I've, you know, me, you know, personally, I understand that life throws you curveballs. Mm. I've had enough of them myself. Mm. So that's never going to be an issue as far as we're concerned. We'd, I'd never mark anybody down. As long as they do the right thing and they inform us as soon as they can that there's going to be an issue. So even if it's just, you know, they might have broken down 10 minutes down the road. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah. so just give us a bell say yeah. that's that's done so, so that's the first thing but otherwise try to arrive um a little bit early there's, there's two reasons for doing that a it shows good impression to the hiring manager mm-hmm. but also it gives you time to sit down relax and collect your thoughts yep. because if you've just driven through traffic so you're frustrated yeah you're running you know you're running to the minute and you literally walk through the door mm-hmm. you don't have time to catch your breath you're mm-hmm. going to be flustered and you're probably not going to do yourself justice in the way that you could do if you had you know if you had that five minutes yeah. to sit down calmly and relax you know and to just take a breath and prepare yourself take that nervous um, loo break as well <laughs> yes yes definitely yeah. you know yeah. if you feel you need it particularly if you're you know like we're a little bit out of the way so yeah. you know you you know that they're going to have traveled to get to us mm-hmm. um we always offer a cup of coffee or some water or something when you first arrive anyway because we're a nice company like that mm. um cool. so so that's probably um, among the first things um other other things that i did, did i look for uh, that are particularly good are um try and be prepared um so um they'll come apart in the uh, they'll come a point in the interview where um I've, I've asked all my questions. I've explained a bit about who we are, the sort of things we do. And then I've offered the floor over to the candidate and say, have you any questions? Okay. Yeah. Make sure you've got some questions, you know, so, so you know, to show that you've, you've actually thought about what it is. Cause part of that is for me to understand what you're looking for as a candidate, right. because it's not a one way street. You know, it's not just, I'm not just offering you a job. Uh, you know, I'm not just I'm not just looking for someone with the right skill set, and that's it. Mm. I'm looking for someone that is going to work well for us, but someone who's going to be happy in our environment and going to thrive within the you know within the offering we have. Sure. Um, two reasons for that: a, it's good for the candidate. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they you know they I will get I know I will get my best out of the staff mm. that way because if they're happy, if they're challenged, if they're doing the sort of thing they love, mm. you know, a they'll want to stay and they'll you know they'll be productive and they'll really enjoy their working environment. And you know, you know we had that conversation last time about you know you want to be in a job where you enjoy doing what you're doing. You know, we want to be providing that sort of environment to our, our employees. Mm-hmm. So. You know, make sure that you've you've got some questions. Um, I asked a really good question mm. um, uh, in a recent interview, actually, where the candidate turned around and asked me and said, "What's the best thing for you? What is the best thing about working at Torpedo?" Ooh, I was, yeah, thought that was a that really was, really good question. Yeah, so I've, I'm hoping spot. not everybody now that interviews with me asks me that question because <laughs> I've got an answer now, so I'm all right. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was it was really good. Other things they've I've been asked before is you know where do you see yourself in five years? I never ask that question of a of a candidate because I think that that's that's the wrong tack to take. What I always ask them is what is it you're hoping to get from this role? What is it you want to achieve? You know, because five years is it gives you a specific time frame. Mm. You know, well, in five years I want to be this, that, or the other. Mm. No, because I don't know what the business is going to be like in five years. I don't know what the tech landscape is going to be like in three years. You know, you yeah, can't do that. Yeah, yeah. But so the understanding has to be more about where do you want to go? What trajectory do you want to be on? Do you want to just get more technical, more mm-hmm. technical, stay on that? Do you want to branch into management? Mm-hmm. Some of the, you know, one of the things that, do you want to branch into some other area mm-hmm. like maybe, you know, product, you know, UX design, for mm-hmm. example, mm-hmm. or, you know, project management or product manager or infrastructure or, yeah. you know, DevOps, you know, 101 different things that, <laughs> that you, can, you can possibly do. But getting an understanding of where people's ambitions lie yeah. helps me to understand, you know, if I bring them in, 
and they you know they suit the the skill set am i going to be able to offer them the you know the, the the challenge or the the type of career progression that they're looking for mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um which is very important um looking smart okay um again again it doesn't have to be shirt and tie but you know ripped jeans you know baggy t-shirt and unkept hair flip-flops it's not going to yeah yeah yeah. socks and sandals nah (laughs) no thank you um actually to be fair i wouldn't have a problem with that personally but um i think you you need to again it's about this showing that you're making an effort showing it's important to you Mm. yeah it doesn't have to be a three-piece suit and you don't have to be go to that extreme necessarily unless you want to i don't have a problem with that i wear shirts to to work every day Mm. Uh, occasionally i wear jeans quite often i wear trousers my choice Mm -hmm. you know that's how i dress Mm. Um, um, so, you know, make sure you look smart. Um, if you've got a suit, yeah, polish it off, you know, polish your shoes, you know, look the part. Um, and, um, try not to be too nervous. Uh, now this is important, this important, um, point to make, particularly for people that aren't used to interviewing. Yeah. 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 Remember that the person opposite you will have been interviewed themselves. Mm-hmm. They will understand that some people are uncomfortable talking about themselves quite often or, you know, maybe, you know, have problems articulating themselves Mm -hmm. um, or are just nervous. Mm -hmm. So if you stumble over your words or anything like that, don't worry, because I can guarantee the interviewer will have done that themselves. Um, So, you know, they will, or they should at least understand that. Mm -hmm. And it's, this is why I try to do things more as a conversation and dialogue rather than just firing across questions. Um, In fact, with interviews, I always make sure that I, um, the first thing I do is, give a bit of spiel about the company, the sort of work we do and things like that mm-hmm. and try and put someone at their ease so that they, they feel like it's a conversation. It's not a grilling, you know, and also we don't have five people sat at the other side of the table. Right. Okay. Uh, because, okay. You know, like the apprentice. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Because it's, you know, again, it's a conversation. It, it's about understanding people and, and what have you. So, yeah. you know, the, 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 you know, if you've got a bit of nerves, that's fine, but just answer questions honestly truthfully mm-hmm. and to your, the best of your ability and don't worry about you know if you make a slip up or something like that i've done some real howlers in the past i fully understand what it can be like when you're in that situation yeah yeah and i mean anxiety is something that um just just comes into play when when you do an yeah. interview and if you're if you have anxiety it comes into play even more um yeah uh, I've uh, just thinking of some of the interviews that I've done myself, um, where I was the um, the interviewee, um, mm-hmm. and and some crazy things that I've been asked to do. Uh, I've, I've been asked to write a program um, with no with no prior knowledge of this, yeah. this test. I had to do it in with pen and paper, <laughs> and, and 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 it included reg, regex. And oh, lovely! Yeah, and it was just like what. This is this is nuts. Uh, who, who writes code now on pen and paper? <laughs> well, how is that going to give you any kind of realistic idea of what they're going to be like when put in a normal situation where you a have a computer, mm-hmm. you have access normally access to the internet mm-hmm. to you know to help with checking the rege- mm-hmm. regex at least, mm-hmm. or maybe even a tool on your desktop that does it. Yeah. You know, use an IDE which will include code complete 
you know most developers you know you know you know you st- if you're a developer you know your stuff mm. but you know you'll quite often use you know the tools available to you to help you to do your to- your task efficiently quickly yeah. you know nobody nobody writes anything rote anymore yeah. i've met people that can still write in assembly code yeah. pen and paper right. no problem at all mm. um in fact uh, there's a uh, um, I think that you uh, you were there at the same time with a colleague of ours that used to be able to do that. So there are people out there that can do that, which mm. is fine. It's good for them. But as a yeah. general candidate, I know who you're talking no, about. Yeah. definitely not. Yeah, yeah. So, um, it was it was it was the classic. It was the classic. Um, they gave me a pen. I was too hard, so I ripped the paper. All of that kind of stuff happened, yeah. and it just turned yeah. into a train wreck. Um, and well, it's not just that. Your mind will go blank because you're suddenly under pressure. You won't remember. You won't necessarily remember the commands properly. Even mm. even something. I've been asked a similar thing. I was asked to at an interview to um, write out a SQL statement. Uh, for something i can't remember what it was it wasn't too difficult but yeah all of a sudden my mind had gone blank yeah it, and it, how how do i terminate sql statements and then and then oh. when they came back they um it was almost like they were trying to prove that i didn't know things rather yeah. than prove that i did know things yeah uh, and it shouldn't be adversarial because that's not what it is you yeah. don't because if you do that you're going to breed an adversarial culture mm. for a start mm. but also you you're giving the wrong hopefully giving the wrong impression of the type of company you are because hopefully you're not like that with your staff generally and that's not you know this this two-way thing this is as much about you selling your company to the candidate Mm. as it's about the candidate selling their skills to you and Mm. yeah you definitely don't want i mean we don't bother with technical tests right um there was an interesting uh tweet i saw a couple of days ago from um uncle bob Mm. so good old mr martin um the oracle and font of all knowledge Mm. um and he say he was saying with um permanent staff the last thing they look at is the language that they're developing Mm -hmm. now we can't quite go to that extreme at Torpedo because, you know, we, 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 we do web development. So it has to be PHP, possibly Java, depending, you know, if, you, if we're doing apps or, mm-hmm. you know, other items that use Java or J- JavaScript. It has to be one of those technologies. So I couldn't uh, bring in uh, a, uh, a C-sharp developer and expect them to be able to get on with the job. So there has to be that grounding there. Mm. But. The technical side of it is kind of secondary because mm. there will always be gaps in knowledge. Mm. There will always be things we're doing that other people aren't. Mm. You know, we, we do some quite clever stuff with AWS and Code Deploy. Um, you know, people may never have, you know, done that before. Mm. So, you know, there will, there will always be gaps in knowledge. Mm. Technical skills can be, you know, can be taught. People can be upskilled. That's, that's not a problem. Mm. You know, it really is, it should be more about attitude and, you know, personality and whether or not, mm. you know, it, it's a good fit. Yeah. for your team and you're a good fit for them and you can give them what they want and and that's gen- generally what we try to get out of that second interview mm. there will be technical questions because it's a technical role you know there's no two ways about that mm. um but they are they're not gotchas and they're never you know we never try and trip people up we're asking so that we get that assessment of where are you at the moment mm. on you know on that scale on that mm. technical scale or on, on your career progression yeah. Because if you're coming in for a senior role, I expect you to, you know, to, to at least have a certain amount of knowledge. But also, I expect you to have a certain attitude towards 
uh, various things as well, like mentorship and bringing people, you know, bringing people on, being able to do technical mm. presentations to people, and yeah. you know, the ancillary stuff that's important for that type of role. Yeah. Um, so it's not all t- it's not all um, just technical, but I need to understand where you are on the scale so that I can then, you know, either place you where I think you would be fit within the, the team and within the company, mm-hmm. and you know, t- to make sure that you know you're you're the right person for that role, mm. but. You know the the softer side of it, the you know how people, uh, you know the the, the attitude um, and the personality mm. are probably as if not more important. Um, yep. 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 It, it, I would say probably more important to be perfectly honest with you. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was speaking to a guy. He's going to be on the podcast. Uh, I'm not sure when this is going to go out, but he was he's going to be on the podcast soon, um, if not already. And he was talking about soft skills, and he he was talking about the similar things that you were saying about presenting, being confident, being able to uh, present themselves and the ideas. But it, it, you don't have to be like the, the, the public speaker. You don't have to be the person who, who just breezes through and calmly and, and, and does things. And, yeah, you know, everything just not. works. As soon as you touch something, it all works. Things, <laughs> no. fall, things break apart, things fall apart, but it's the, it's, 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 um, showing that you can, you can, um, what am I trying to say? It's showing that you can come back from that. It's, it's showing that, yeah. that if something, if for example, you were doing a presentation and the laptop failed, mm-hmm. that you can cope with that situation and you can, you can either discuss the things or if you had the slides that were all printed out beforehand, that shows that you're prepared. All of those sort of things indicate that uh, you are, um, a, an acceptable candidate and a, can, a candidate mm-hmm. that is worth considering. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's uh, it, um, certainly we, you know, things are, I mean, we are um, as a, as a culture within Torpedo, we're solution led. Mm-hmm. So it is, you know, things can be as much about how you deal with something. Yeah. How you deal with an issue, um, you know, wh- whoever calls there, it was normally secondary. Mm. How you deal with problems, how you deal with issues, mm. can be as important as whether or not the issue was there in the first place. Yeah. So yeah, I completely agree. But you know, if we if you're supposed to be talking about a subject, now I don't expect even senior devs necessarily to be happy giving a presentation in front of fifty people. No. Some devs are just not like that, and you know that that's personal choice. I don't have a problem doing that sort of thing. Um, I had an interesting experience when I was 15, which means I've lost any fear of public speaking whatsoever. Um, so, in fact, it's probably worth saying that because it shows, you know, how things can go wrong and how you can recover. Yeah, yeah, so, 15-year-old yeah. me, um, I was um, I was at school. We were doing a kind of a business um, event type thing mm. um, over a weekend at another school. So there were a lot of business leaders there, and we were learning things about um, understanding how much it costs to make things, uh, production, um, negotiating with unions was one of the things we did, which was quite interesting, mm-hmm. how you negotiate contracts, a lot of things like that. Mm. One of the final tasks we had to do was a presentation to the rest of the school children that were there. Mm-hmm. Um, so the whole a whole lecture hall full of 15-year-olds mm-hmm. and a load of local business leaders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So our team decided we would come up with um, a product, which was um, some x-ray specs that we were going to try and sell to frontline services. So fire brigade, um, ambulance crews, police. Um, and the, the business model was that the, there was a, a one-off capital outlay for the glasses, but there was a consumable you needed with it. Mm-hmm. And the idea being you'd sell the glasses, that would slow down, but the consumables would take off. Um, 
unfortunately, we didn't necessarily pick the best name for it. So I, I was, for some reason, chosen to present. I wasn't very um, confident back then uh, <laughs> at talking. So I stood up on stage in front of all these people, my little flip chart next to me, and said proudly to everybody, I'd like to introduce you to super sex. Okay. <laughs> Yes. So, uh, as you can imagine, I was waiting for the ground to open up and swallow me. You know that's going to be a soundbite, right? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows the story that I know pretty much. So, it's, you know, I've, this is the thing. I've, I've now come to terms with it. And having done that, you know, obviously everybody laughed. Mm. Obviously, I was really embarrassed. I was mm. absolutely mortified. A 15-year-old boy said that in front of all these, you know, mm. there were lots of um, people in the audience, people I knew, you know, and uh, it was mortifying. So, older me would have dealt with it a lot better, but younger me said, sorry, let me start that again. I'd like to introduce you to Super Specs, and then I carried on with the presentation. There it is. Right. And it went well, and we actually ended up winning that, that round. Right. Now, whether it was a sympathy vote, <laughs> because I'd, I'd uh, right royally screwed it up, or whether it, it was genuinely because they felt it was a, a good presentation, a good business idea, I'm not sure. But after that, uh, and having recovered from that, mm. and realized that, do you know what? I'm still here. Mm. The worst that happened was I went bright red, yep. you know, at least people are talking about it now. Um, yep. You know, it's, uh, you know, once you've done it once, I think you, you kind of realize mm. that's the worst that can happen, mm. that you say something wrong and maybe people laugh mm. and they're not necessarily laughing at you. Mm. They're laughing because you've said something that they found funny. Mm. So, you yeah. know, yeah. once you've done that, it, yeah. you, you kind of lose your fear of public speaking and it's a lot easier then. <laughs> Older me now would have just turned around if, if I'd said that and said, well, actually, maybe I'll show you that later. Let's look at the product we've got here or something like that. I'd have recovered a lot quicker, but you yeah. know, when you're 15, you don't think like that. No, no, no. You just you want know. the world to swallow you up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I, I can always guarantee you a couple of days later, it came to me, I said, oh, I should have said that. Yeah. The way it does. Yeah, the, the in, so, in hindsight. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hands hindsight is brilliant stuff. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, you know, the, but even if someone's not not happy with with public speaking or anything along that that lines mm. you would hope that someone who's applying for a senior role is mm. at least um happy doing a mentor type role and be able to do at least a technical talk to the rest of the, the development team or explain some technology mm. to some people mm. you know explaining to you know, non-technical people certain things there is a skill in that in, in Definitely. itself yeah, and that's certainly. not something that every dev has. Yeah. You know, yeah. you, you've yeah. got to be quite a specific type of person to be able to do that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. But certainly, you know, with the mentorship and, and, and these are soft skills that you're, you're kind of trying to tease yeah. out people when you do these interviews as well. So mm. you'll probably ask, you know, um, a innocuous question like, um, what do you think are the skills necessary to be a good senior? Or something like that. Or what do you think it means to be a senior developer? Mm. And then understand, <clears throat> you know, what they what they come back with. And you'll find there's there's quite often two camps. One will go down the mentorship, helping juniors along and doing that sort of thing. You know, being being a port call if there's a problem. Mm -hmm. uh, others will go down the well. You're a technical specialist. You know everything about a certain subject and what have you. And that kind of gives you an idea as to probably the sort of career direction they're going to want to go in as well. Interesting. Um, yeah. Because, you know, the people who are talking about mentorship, they're probably going to be happy looking at maybe a, a lead dev or a team lead role. Mm. Whereas the other ones, are, you're probably thinking, right, we're going to have to push you down solution architect or, you know, application architect or that sort of yeah. level 
that type of role if they're not how if you know if they don't want to just stay coding the rest of their life and some people do which is absolutely some fine no problem with yeah, that at all yeah but if yeah. you're if you're listening and you're you're thinking of being a, a going into management then uh, do check out the the previous podcast that we did yes. um about code called coder to manager um that explains uh jeremy's background and how he's progressed from because you were originally a php dev right i mean yes we won't go into the history because we, we did that um quite, oh but quite a bit yeah, previous, I was but, a, yeah and before that i was an it assistant yeah, so yeah. i've done plenty of interviews so i'm i you know i know the other side of the the fence as well yeah. and i know the mistakes i made um and you know the things that, that i've done that were and haven't worked in terms of interviews and that. So, yeah. Okay. So, um, is that is that the end of the process in in the sense of you, at that stage, you then have an idea of, of who you want to hire or is there anything else after that? So, after that second interview, um, we'll obviously have a conversation and then um, normally we'll know um, at the end of that whether or not they're going to be a good fit for the company. Okay. Um, obviously, a lot of the interview will also be about explaining what we do at Torpedo, how we work, um, what we can offer in terms of um, career um, progression, um, how we're structured as a company, and all those things to to try and make sure that the candidate um, is actually coming in eyes open to you know to the role. So the last thing I want is for them to turn up and then after a week. They're not, you know, they're, they're looking for something else because it's not what we yeah. had said. Yeah. You know, that's the last thing I want. I want to make sure that, you know, what 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 I'm offering and um, what I'm explaining about the role is is what they get. Um, it, it, I can't stress enough the, this whole thing about it being you know, a two way street, and it's as much about the company being right for you is it is for you being right for the company. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, yeah. but but yeah, but at the end of that, we probably have a very very good understanding of whether or not. Um, you know whether or not they're a good fit from a you know, from an attitude and a personality point of view, but also hopefully we've got a, a good idea then of whereabouts they would slot into the team. You know where, where we'd need to work with them to upskill, where we think they are probably already you know ahead, and you know whereabouts they fall on the scale. Mm. Um, <clears throat> we have quite a formal um, career development and um, appraisal process, um, so we have um, we do have um, for each job function we we have set um objectives and criteria right. so it we can we, we can we can offer a very structured career progression and a very good understanding of where you fit on the scale um and you know where where if you need to improve where you need to improve and again all of these are not designed to either catch people out or to say hey you're not good enough it's quite the opposite it's so that we've got a good way of understanding where to target um, training resources so that we can get people mm. up to, you know, uh, to fulfill their potential, basically. Yeah. And as a, as a manager, you know, as a man manager, the, you know, my man manager hat, that's my fun. That's my first and foremost role is to help my staff achieve their potential and to go as far as they can go. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a great, a great point about the two way street and how, yeah. how you're trying to make it as comfortable for them, um, mm -hmm. as possible. Yeah. Is is yeah. is there is there um uh is there anything else that you want to mention at all um before we head off um is there any anything else that you you can think of in terms of the recruitment process or anything else in general um the yeah um two things that's probably um worth mentioning because um I know the the kind of um diverse um viewer base that you've got um mm. obviously 
if if we if we're interviewing for contract workers and we do use freelancers from time to time, um, the, the the process is very very different. There we are okay. a lot more focused on the technical skills rather than the um, the the personality and attitude. Still important because we don't want to upset the the um, uh, upset the uh, apple cart, but because. They'll be coming in for a, you know, normally a short fixed period, you know, three to six months. We have to do be a lot more thorough in understanding that their technical skill set actually matches what we need. Okay, so yeah, there you'll yeah, find yeah, yeah. that with 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 freelancers or you know bringing on contract workers, uh-huh. there is a much bigger emphasis on the technical side of things wow, yeah, um, yeah. in terms of of what we're doing. Yeah. Um, and then obviously you've got the you know people that are coming in via recruiter as well. Um, so we do work with recruiters, um, and people's experiences will vary with them. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had some interesting recruiters uh, we've worked with in the past. Um, some of them um, are, you know, uh, like um, Ed, the the guy that uh, they got me the position I'm in now, uh, Nathaniel, who you spoke to what is now a couple of weeks ago, but might be even longer by the time this goes out. From SR2, um, yeah, yeah, Nathaniel. Good, good yeah. yeah, good. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're good recruiters mm. and a good recruiter will always work out, basically do what I do on, on my first Hangout interview. They'll actually assess who you are, what you're looking for, um, what sort of things, you know, where, whereabouts you are on your, your journey, mm. what sort of skills you have. Mm. And they'll be able to do, you know, the, they should be able to do very quickly what I do, which is assess where you're going to fit in well, what, what, you know, what you're looking for, what, what can be offered from various companies. Mm. Now they're kind of trying to do my job for me without doing my job for me. Mm. So um, I think Nathaniel has mentioned it and Ed mentioned it. um, We were talking about um, Mm. some positions um, the other day. Um, Quite often you'll talk to a candidate for 10, 15 minutes. You'll know straight away which companies they're going to fit in with, which roles that they would get, no problem at all, and which ones they're going to struggle with. And it's not always because of the technical skill. It could just be because the either the attitude or the personality fit would mm-hmm. lend them or the type of working they prefer would lend them towards one industry or another. Mm-hmm. We're a creative agency, so we're, you know, we we do a lot of a lot of stuff is quite high pressured. We got deadlines that we have to meet no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um we we try not to you know you know we we try not to work to the deadline all the time but there are occasions where you know if something's gone wrong or it's taken longer to do something than before we you know we need to pull it out of the bag and we have those that those deadlines that we have to hit Mm -hmm. if you're working for a company where you're working on an internal product or it's only just the one product you've probably got a very different way of working it's probably not quite as um, you, the, the deadlines are probably not, you know, key. You probably have a much more formal process, um, or you may have a more agile, you know, a more true agile way of working, or things like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, different industries, different types of, you know, development work. You know, there there are lots of different things out there, and recruiters are quite good, and also letting you know about options you may not thought of, thought about, like you mentioned. Um, before you know you, yeah. you you know you, you people don't tell you when you're at school they oh you could be a product manager or a technical director or you know a whatever the role happens to be and understanding and understanding what skills are transferable as well yeah, a good yeah. recruiter should help you with that because they might turn around and say you know they might suggest a role and you say well I've never done that 
Mm-hmm. And hopefully, they'll then coach you and say, well, look, you've got these skills that you've learned here. Mm-hmm. You've done this here. That's all transferable. That's all stuff that you can bring to the table. Yeah. That's what makes you a interesting candidate for the hiring manager. And if they're good, then they make our job a lot easier because normally the interview process is you know, a few questions, understanding what there are, and you're straight away thinking, yeah, this is the perfect guy for us. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the, the, the stuff that um, some of the things that Nathaniel was, was saying – was it, it it really brought to the table how much of um how much knowledge he he gets from the companies so he's able yes. to to analyze candidates at a very sort of granular level yeah um and he i i met him actually at php southwest mm-hmm. and that blew me away the fact that there was a recruiter at a php user group listening to php programmers and it was just but that was the thing that was the that was that was um the the, the thing that really drew, drew me to to his recruitment style the the fact that he yeah. he has a a technical mind in the sense of he appreciates technical things um yeah. and i recruitment is one of these weird things where I've had lots of experience with with really good recruiters, and I've had lots of experience with really really bad recruiters. Um, and it's so easy to um, to brush them with the same broad brush. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, yeah, it's 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 finding finding the one which works is is key, and finding one that takes an appreciation into your company and uh, trying to discover what your company is actually trying to look for. Um, yep. Do you in uh, torpedo? Do do you do you, you use recruitment agents as well as uh, sort of a d- the direct approach? What what, what is yes. it the thing that you, you do? Yeah, we do. Um, we we have um, certain preferred um, recruiters that we. Uh, I mean, we get emails from recruiters all the time. Mm. Um, people we'd never heard of will send me CVs because um, they found my details on LinkedIn. They've assumed I'm the hiring manager. Um, and luckily, uh, we have an HR um, team that, um, that I can put them straight through to, and then they have to deal with it. Um, <laughs> we uh, like like so much we do at Torpedo. We prefer to build uh, strategic partnerships rather than, you know, just just go out to the masses. So we we, we found um, a recruitment agency um, that we use for various types of roles. So we got um, one. We got a preferred agency that we now use for the technical roles. Uh, we have another one that we like to use for client services roles Mm. so yeah we do use recruiters and i've experienced exactly the same from this side of the table with recruiters as well you get some uh, like ed um, who are, you know, they, they take the time to talk to you to understand the role. Um, they're the sort of pe- people that actually understand the technology and how it fits together. They're not developers. They're not, you know, they don't necessarily understand, you know, the intricacies of it, but they understand what the frameworks are and how they're utilized. And they, they can then, same with Nathaniel, they can then, um, actually, understand a client where their skill set lies and whether or not you know that's a match for what someone's looking for mm-hmm. um but we get others where you know you get um cvs through that you're thinking they didn't they couldn't have even read the job spec they really couldn't have done um you know and you you can quickly you know separate out the the um the bad recruiters who are just driven by um profit and just want to make as much money as they can do off the back of this. Mm. So the ones who genuinely have an interest in helping people um, to, you know, to get to get um, to get into the role, the right role, mm. um, because at the end of the day, a if I use a recruiter and they're rubbish, 
I'm not going to use them again. So it's not a good business model for them in that kind of sense. Uh, but also, I don't want someone who's come here being promised something or even I've taken the time to interview and then find out the recruiters promised them something that we just can't deliver on. Yeah. You know, they, they, yeah. that doesn't help. Yeah. That doesn't help the candidate. It wastes their time. Yeah. It doesn't help me. It wastes my time. Yeah. It doesn't help the recruiter because I'll never use them again. Mm-hmm. End of. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, so these these type of recruiters that will, you know, actually take the time to talk to you mm-hmm. and offer up suggestions in, and, you know, help you get into a role. Um, they're, you know, they're good recruiters. And, you know, I will, you know, if if I decide to move on, you know, no plans to for the foreseeable future, definitely. But if I decide I did want to to move on, I've got a couple of choice recruiters from the last round of um job hunting i did i will only talk to them because i know that they'll do right by me um so So you know a good recruiter you know when you find one stick with them yes it's not it's not what you know it's who you know when it comes to that exactly yeah most definitely yeah Yeah, because it it is it is like the wild west out there especially on linkedin you know like the amount of people i get um just just i get i get asked for dot net jobs yeah, I get the same. I've I have got it on my CV because I did a bit of that um, at um, Fasos um, when I was on one of the teams. You know, I did a bit of .NET and um, ASP.NET, In fact, I think it was if I remember rightly. Um, but my, if you read my CV, it's very clear that that was a a tiny bit. Mm. And I get I get asked if I want to be a senior um, C sharp developer or a senior .NET developer. Yeah. I'm thinking. Have you even bothered to read my CV? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so it's, it's just, and, and likewise, I get, I get um, speculative CVs from um, uh, from recruitment agencies. Every so often, I'll get one for a mechanical engineer. <laughs> I'm an advertising agency. We don't, you know, we yeah. might work with automotive or, or you know, with those sort of companies. Mm. We don't actually build the cars for them. Mm. <laughs> So do they, do you get, I mean, I don't, I don't know how it works because I've never been on your side of the table, but yeah. um, do you get, um, do you just get CVs just from recruitment agents just saying, do, are you looking for work? Yeah. Yeah. We get, well, I, I probably get two or three speculative CVs a week when we're not actively um, looking and I probably get, you know, 10 to 12 speculative CVs from people when we are actively looking a week. That, it's it's absolutely mad. Um, and you know, because yeah, do they go into a special inbox folder? <laughs> um, special they folder um, sort of- they they get they get passed straight on to um, to HR, who right. are the team that actually that, deal with that. Um, cool. And I don't. Um, but we, like I said, we've we got a proverb. Uh, supplier so we wouldn't look at any of these other uh, ones anyway unless we were specifically looking for a new recruiter in which case we might consider uh, but we'd probably right. we'd probably start approaching re- recruitment agencies instead yes. um, because if they're you know, firing out speculative CVs yes. the chances are and we've had this a few times actually the chances are that candidate doesn't actually even exist what they'll send out a what? CV that looks like ideal for the job um, oh sorry they've just taken another position however we do have these we can show you and you're thinking well hang on a minute and having spoken to a few recruiters that that is that is a practice that apparently sometimes happens within the industry and this is the problem there are there are some really good recruitment agencies out there and there's some really good recruiters out there mm. but unfortunately because of these cowboys that are operating within the industry as well mm. they start to get tired with the same brush and I think that's a real shame because you do have you know people that really 
do act you know they really want you to do well and they want you to get you into that our dream position for yourself yeah. because that's part of the reason they're in it obviously they're in it to make money mm. they'd be lying if they weren't mm. but a lot for, for a lot of the good recruiters mm. the real drive is to, t- to match up the right person with the right position mm. and make sure that person's happy and to be quite honest with you mm. the benefits of that are for them as a recruiter it's a you know the, the, that's what they enjoy doing mm. you know there's no denying and there are people that really enjoy that but also it's a good business model that's yeah. because as a hiring manager i'm more likely to go back to them because they they might only give me one or two candidates I'm- but they're one or two really good candidates that are really suitable for the role but also the candidates are going to go back to them as well because they feel that they've been looked after. Yeah. They've been given the dream job. If they yeah. do decide to move on, you know, in, in three, four or five years or something like that, when they they think, do you know what? There's a bit of a glass ceiling here. Let's look at the next role. They're probably going to go back to them. They're probably going to say, well, do you know what? Mm. Ed, Nathaniel, whoever it is, they did they did me right last time. That's you know. That, yes. I'll, I'll contact them and see you know see what's you know what's about now. Yes, definitely, definitely. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the the I remember the recruitment agent who who helped me get into Fast Hosts, and I I have sent her a message, um, just thanking her generally. Just yeah, you know, just an FYI. Yeah. This is what I'm doing, and I wouldn't have done it without your support. And yeah. that, that that that's great. But um, my sorry, my head is just. With what you've just said about the <laughs> the the underhand tactics, that's just yeah, it, it does happen. It's unfortunate, and like I said, I I don't want to anybody to get the impression that's that's how the industry as a whole works. Mm. But these are thing these are practices that I have seen or I'm aware of from you know either talking to other recruiters or talking to other hiring managers as well. Um, you you do get these these occasional or you know they'll. Um, you know they'll they'll tell a i've had this before where we were looking for a contractor mm. um and i interviewed someone they seemed really good for it um unfortunately the recruiter hadn't bothered to tell them despite the fact that a i'd said definitely and it's always the case with us anyway mm. they had to be on site and they were expecting to work remotely and it was just not with the pro- type of project it was just not, not something we could do right. um but they but that was the recruiter had decided that he tries luck oh. give us a really good you know dangle a really good candidate and then assume that we'd fold and say yeah do you know what he's that good oh my god um we'll 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 do it and it wasted my time and it wasted yeah. the candidate's time as well because they were really good really yeah. nice guy yeah um it just, you know, it just wasn't, you know, it just wasn't something we could make work. That's and nuts. so he was let down by, by that re- recruitment agency and I was as well. Yeah. Gosh. Well, wow. <laughs> <laughs> as, as Mr. Clarkson would say, and on that bombshell. And on that bombshell. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you ever so much, Jez, for, uh, for coming on, Jeremy. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's just, that's, uh, we've covered an awful lot of topics, CVs, interviews, recruitment all kinds yep. of good stuff and uh yeah i just can't get over over that that's um it's crazy that is nuts <laughs> it's mind-blowing isn't that it is, it really is mind-blowing that is n- madness absolute yeah. madness that they would yeah. take the time to do that someone has actually had to ha- someone has actually had to write that false cv well, the the, the the chances are they've just picked a they've just picked one at random from someone that looks like they match and send it through because you can guarantee that the candidates they do have and this is this is the kicker the mm. candidates they do have aren't really all that suitable yeah. it's just a foot in the door for them mm. um, because it's surprising how often it happens or you know the yeah I mean it's 
you you know because they'll send it in you'll respond within an hour and somehow they've got the job in an hour mm. now if it genuinely is the case that they've sent you a cv they should know that their candidate has another offer that they're about to accept yes you know if, if they're a good or they should at least know that they're you know they're already in advance talks with someone else and that's the other thing with a good good recruiter they'll quite often ask you is this the only role you're going for what's going on always be honest about it that's because best, it yeah. helps the recruiter understand you know where they are as well because that's, if you yeah. if you're about to you know, get a role and it sounds like a better role than the one that they've got that they could offer to you mm. a good recruiter will turn around and say well look i did have a role for you but mm. it sounds like you've got a better one however Mm. If it, you know, if, if anything doesn't work, if it doesn't work out for whatever reason, mm. let me know. And, you know, I'm, I'm more than happy to put you forward for this one. Well, that's, that's, um, that's, and also yeah. understand which recruiters are putting you forward for which, which role. Right. I've had two recruiters put me through for the same role. Okay. One of which was fully with my knowledge. Mm-hmm. The other one, I obviously didn't know. Otherwise, I'd have turned around and said, actually, I've already got a, a CV in with that company. Right. And we, I've, I've, I've had, um, I've, I've given it to understand that it's happened before, where someone's applied directly, and then a recruiter has put a CV in for the same person, mm-hmm. and it's all like, you know, they've done it without the candidate's knowledge, which is, which is a no-no. Is you know, it's a definite no-no. It should, it, it's not actually allowed, as far as I know. This is so it's yeah. very, very bad practice. Yeah, this is the. Um this is the bad, um, the the bad, the dark, of, the dark side the of dark recruitment. Side where, yeah, I, I don't want to say it, but a lot of us just think that we do get treated like a resource, you know. If you, not, if you find the right recruiter, not if you find the right definitely. Recruiter. If you find the right recruiter, you won't be. Um, yeah, the yeah, same yeah. as if you find the right company as well, you won't be. Yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, very technical, you know, basic level, you are a resource because you are the person of working course. on that project. But any good company worth their salt don't they won't see their staff as a resource. They mm. or if they do, it's a resource they want to grow and nurture. Mm. Um, so it's it's not that. And this is the problem. The, there are connotations now with because of these back practices that go you yeah. know have been going on in yeah. the industry and what have you yeah. uh, which is a shame um because you, you know uh, there's nothing wrong with um you know resource management or human resources or something like that no, that's true. as long as that's people true. are still treated like that's people true. when it comes to the day-to-day running and you know their career development and everything else that's true you know if they're a resource on a project but they're still a person and as long as you get that right you know there's you know it's, it's just a word at the end of the day it is that's true that's true yeah hey we're programmers naming things is difficult so. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the worst things um, if, if you want advice read King, clean, code. clean code I'll tell you all about naming and commenting and why it should and shouldn't be used <laughs> but yeah yeah it is 95% naming things 5% actually writing the code to make stuff happen <laughs> mm, yeah yeah right well anyway I know that you're you're super busy and uh, I'm gonna have to always. shoot off and grab some uh, some dinner but thank you ever so much for coming on Jez and uh, always talking about this and your experience is invaluable I'm sure I'm gonna get lots of people asking loads of questions so I will um, filter them out and uh, and perhaps we can have a little chat later and uh, discuss this well, even more there's lots of we tangents could, that we could we go could do down. a Q&A session maybe yeah yeah that sounds good yeah. that sounds good that yeah. sounds good well happy coding everyone thank you ever so much for uh, watching on the YouTubes and listening on the podcasts uh, one thing I will say before we go is uh, if you haven't done so already please do subscribe to the channel um, also do check out the uh, 
the podcast if you're watching on YouTube. It's on iTunes, Spotify, and all the other podcasty related places. Uh, but thanks for watching. Happy coding, everyone. I'll see you again soon. Cheers. Bye.